Welcome to Spouse Tales Podcast. You really can't make this stuff up. Bringing you truth, solutions, and innovative ideas to some of the most controversial and overlooked questions inside the practice and out. Hello to our creator and co-host, Joanne Majors, CSP, published author, certified speaking professional, joined by her co-host, Kathy Signo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spouse Tales. My name is Joanne Majors, and I am here with my co-host, Kathy Signo. And I'm Kathy Signo, yes. And Kathy, Hello. what do we know? We know that you cannot make this stuff up. You cannot make this up. We do not make it up. As a matter of fact, we wish we had something we could make up that was um, <laughs> more entertaining or more um, eye-popping than what we actually find when we tell the truth. It's pretty pretty encouraging some days and pretty discouraging on others <laughs> but at least we're not alone and today we are with one of our favorite dental spouses Dana Watson Dana hails from Tennessee Dana welcome thank you glad to be here yeah hey, we're everyone so, we're so glad to have you back we are um, doing an episode or a series on seasons of change Kathy's got a lot of things going on I've got some things going on and you know, Dana, one of the things that we talk about as the spouse in a practice is you kind of have to uh, be the backup plan, um, sometimes carry out a plan that um, you created on the spot because of things that change in the practice or someone in the practice having a life change that actually does affect, you know, your schedule, um, despite popular beliefs. So I'm interested today, um, you know, we want to start with, like, what do you feel like... Um, what do you do or what's your go-to when you, when you know there's change? You know, how do you, how do you get stable or how do you wrap your arms around change when it's in the practice and it's going to affect you? Well, after many years of experience, because <laughs> when I started out, I was the youngest person in the practice. Oh, wow. um, when I accidentally landed in the management role of my husband's practice, everyone was older and as in older, like, a couple of them were my parents' age or older. Wow. And um, so, you know, just learning to uh, adapt to everything that comes your way. And I think at some point I finally realized that the practice will never be stable as far as your team members and, you know, change is always going to happen. And uh, it took a while to get past the frustration of thinking, wow, we worked so hard and everything was going so well, and now this. But that's just how it is. So if wow. you're listening and you're you're young and new to this, just know that it's um, it's always going to be changing. That's so true. Uh, that's that's really true. I know that for Chuck and I, we um, we call this the fourth and final practice, and we've you know owned practices and sold practices and changed a little bit. And I know that um, you know Kathy, you and Tony uh, picked up, changed, uh, just like Dana and Terry did, picked up and changed locations, and that's always a huge. You know, I, I don't know for you guys, but for me, it's like the last change we made, we thought, okay, this is a great location. It's going to be better, and it'll probably be more stable, right? Maybe less change, and then we ended up in a college town where there's as much change, and I think, Dana, that's kind of what you're alluding to. Kathy, what, what was your experience with feeling like there's not going to be change? You know, it's funny because years ago I said to Tony, I said, I just want to have the calm waters. I don't want to have to be riding the waves all the time. And he said, that's called death. He said, <laughs> as long as you're alive, you're going to be, things are going to be in flux. They're, you're going to have the swells and you're going to have the low points. 
And the sooner you learn to deal with that and, and figure out how to maneuver it and not let it get you off your game, the better off you're going to be. Because it's, it used to completely send me into a tizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I realize that this too will pass and we will find a new normal. And as soon as we settle into that, something else will change. Yeah. Isn't that true? <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's interesting that you call that um, or you say that the new normal. I know um, I was sharing with Dana yesterday, Kathy, that we have um, a newer office manager that I just adore, really adore her. And Chuck was telling me last night it was interesting because he said, you know, here's the new training schedule that they have worked out. And, you know, I want you to just double check it with your calendar and that sort of thing. He said, you know, Joanne, he said, she is very respectful of you and your time when she comes to me to ask me these things. And it's like, I really was kind of looking at him like, wow, that's, that's an interesting concept, right? Cause I'm not, I mean, that's, that's not um, as traditional as some might think. I mean, I, I know Dana, you guys are um, going to be having, you're hopefully having some change into next year. How do you, how do you see that as um, that change as being, you know, uh, viewed as positive? Well, uh, as you mentioned, we, uh, so we sold a practice, moved to a completely different town and a different dynamic from a very rural country area to the city. And that was a lot of change in your patient types and your team member types and, and such. But we really, along that move, thought I would not be in the practice, that I would, would be working on my speaking and coaching career. And three and a half years in, I think that might finally happen. So um, we're going to approach this differently. This person is going to come in as a team member with everyone knowing that this is where she's going. That's Um, cool. And I think that them knowing that ahead of time and her having the opportunity to gain their respect before she actually takes that role, I'm hoping will be a a good new plan for us. We haven't done it that way before. So we're two days in. So far, so good. Yeah. So I would ask you how that's working for you, but if you're two days in and it's Tuesday, that means you, we don't know. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So Kathy, what do you guys do about um, you know Dana and I have talked about like like appreciating that there was somebody else in a, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it a management role. Um, you know how how does that work in your practice? Well, for me, um, I'm not in the practice full time, so we have team leaders. And our team leaders manage all of the day-to-day situations that come up. And if there's anything that is, you know, we've kind of established what they're able to make decisions on and what they're not able to make decisions on. And like yesterday, I was in the practice and we need to buy a new piece of equipment. So they do all the research. They bring me the contract. They say, this is what's going on. Um, We need a signature. So it, 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 allows me to not have to be there all the time and know that they're managing that day-to-day team dynamic Mm -hmm. and doctor dynamic with the team. And, and I truly don't have to be concerned because I trust them 100%. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's a huge piece is, is trust. I also think one of the hard parts for me, I don't know about you guys, but one of the hard parts for me was the change of getting used to seeing patients and them saying, oh, I missed you last time I was in, or 
You know, I mean, it's like I do feel like I bring such a personal part to the practice that I wonder if somebody's loving them as much as I could love them when I'm not there. Is that is that just me, or do you guys think those things? If that's the way it was when we were in our smaller practice. I mean, I haven't been able to build those relationships yet here with these with these patients, but it's it's getting there, and I do think there's something to that, Joanne. But Kathy, I want to say that, you know, what you're talking about, the team leaders is so important when your team is growing. Like we started out with three employees and now have eight. And uh, as the practice grows, that that's how we do have to handle it. Sure. Uh, and I like the leader term more than the manager term. Yeah. We, we have, it, you know, leads. yeah. And, you know, we handle our team leader positions very differently. Um, our team leaders get compensated separately for team leader. So they have their regular salaries and then they get a separate paper check every month for their team leader responsibilities. That way there's a clear delineation when it comes to compensation about what's team leader money and what's my salary. So that if sometime in their life they need to step down, um, they know that that team leader check is no longer there. If it's rolled up into their regular monthly salary it's hard to go in and take money away yeah it is yeah but this way it's it's a very clear delineation and there's just no confusion around that at all they know exactly you know if I no longer am going to do this that check because we make that a paper check it's not direct deposit it's a paper check they get handed Mm. so it's a there's a very clear exchange of this fee for that service type thing that's really cool yeah i I like that that's important i think that understanding um and like with with our team leads i mean there there's a little bit there is there is more responsibility you know that's the truth it's like um and i always think about you know chuck and i talk about we remember a day and a time in our lives when we were both really micromanagers i am not a micromanager i would love for somebody to take it and i don't know anything else like you said kathy until they're showing up with a contract saying how's this look <laughs> I mean, yeah I, I, I really it's like what's the best and highest use of your time you know i, I run that fil- i run that filter every morning okay joanne looking at that schedule what's the best and highest use of my time today and i think that that that's really important when you're in the midst of change because when you're in the midst of change and i say to sherry all the time like don't let me get caught in the weeds because if i get in the weeds the day is gone you know and i think that's right i think that's the hard part about when we're going through change sometimes it's hard to get stable data it's hard to get the thing that is what is the best and highest use of my time because i could be doing you know 10 or 15 things right now Dana and I were having a short conversation last night and that was it's like okay how are you going to do that it's like oh no there's only so much room on the plate I have to move some things off the plate to do some of these things that I really have a desire to do and that's you know that's the thing I think that happens with change it's it's what does it start Beverly said it starts with acknowledging that it's happening and it's like I am acknowledging that I'm making a change right now with some of my duties and I think that's that's the first piece of it well and for me we our main team lead Dana is going out on maternity leave as of Thanksgiving. So over the next three months, I have to acknowledge that my change is going to be I have to go back in the practice. Sure. Because someone has to fill that position of what she does because she's such a critical part of the day to day operations from a financial coordinator, treatment coordinator position that I'm going to be back in there. So um Joanne, that's interesting that you say that because every morning I'm going to have to remind myself 
that that has to be the highest and best use of my time that day because it's important for the practice, not necessarily for what I want to do, but for the next three months in order for the practice to continue that's where I'm going to have to be. We have it in our break room. It's like I have these different note cards up with these different signs and sayings, if you will. And one of them, one of them is the, my, my, one of my favorites, like, this is not about me. Because if I run it through that filter, if something happens or he moves fast because he doesn't have what he wants in the room and he just gets up and goes and gets it, he's not mad. It's, a, it's not about you. It's about like serving the patient at the level he wants to serve the patient or somebody else, you know, has something going on. It's not about you. It's like we're all about serving the patient. And then, and one of the other ones is what is the best and highest use of my time at this point in the day? You know, it's like I got to keep running it through that filter because that's that's where I have to be to keep from getting st- stuck in the weeds. <laughs> you know, Dana, what's your biggest distraction? Um, that I don't do what you're doing. What's the best use of my time today? Because <laughs> yeah. I will get sucked into the weeds and the putting out the fires and all at the end of the day. And my husband will say, did you get this done? And I'll be like, not yet. Well, what have you been doing? <laughs> I know. I hate that. It's like, I, and I will say to Chuck, well, can I give you the list of the things I did do? Because it's yeah. not, you know, I mean, I really, it's like I've started, you know, there's, the, I have this little sheet that says my triage plan for the day. It's really cool. And it's my, it's got major commitments, essential tasks to fulfill my commitments, office duties, emails, letters to write, my phone calls, my gotawanas. And I mean, it's like, I go through this triage plan every day and it's like, man, I don't like it when there's more going on tomorrow's than there is that I marked off today. <laughs> so yeah. I go add that to the list. It's like, this is where I got distracted. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And I, and I like what you said earlier about, you know, freeing you up to do the things that you really want to do. And for me, that is the things that bring me joy. Yes. And I, and I, and I try to think of it that way, because if I think of it, what I want to do, I feel selfish about it. But if I think about the things that bring me joy, usually it involves some serving someone else. Yeah, it does. Doing something for our team members that I feel relaxed enough to, to spend time doing something ex- special for them or something that special for the patients or so the true. doctors. So true. It is. It is the things that bring you joy. I mean, and, and I, my, the things that bring me joy are all, they're also your God given talents, right? That, you know, I have a talent yeah. of, you know, cooking. I love to cook. I love, they gave me two team meetings. I said, Oh, we'll start them at one and let me cook for you guys. Cause that's kind of my love language. Kind of my, you know, I love to do that. I love to serve, but it's like when I'm so tired and I've got 10,000 things going on, the last thing I want to do is cook for them. Right. I mean, <laughs> for anybody, you know, it's like, I like to yeah. be able to feel good and give joy. I'm, I'm at the same place. That's so true. What would you and add Dana, to that, what Kathy? do you do to recharge yourself when you feel like you've been giving and you, you know, have been doing all those things? What do you do to recharge yourself? For me and my personality, it's always been to have time for myself. And I just mean quiet time. I, I, you know, like Joanne, people energize you. You're like, you come at the end of the day more energized than ever. I'm drained. I have to have a mental reset of just of quiet time. And and my husband and my youngest daughter are not that way. They're just go, 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 very type A, very boisterous and loud and vocal. And at some point I just have to regroup my mind. And so just um, just having a little bit of getaway and quiet time is really all I need to recharge. But it is important that I have that. 
Yeah, I'm liking this loft. I'm telling you, it's pretty quiet over here. There's no TV. <laughs> it's my recharge. Yeah, I, I mean, it really is. It's I'm kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Right, Kathy? I mean, it's like there's no TV. There's there's not. It's not a huge space, but it's very, um, very clean, very crisp, and it's a place that, that I can go and, like you say, just it's really just kind of a recharge. Well, it's a nurturing place. It's kind of a just being surrounded when you're there. It just feels nurturing. Yeah. You just feel taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Well, um, we're winding down on another short episode of Spouse Tales. And I love this Seasons of Change because um, one of the things that's happened is I've had a lot of other, you know, uh, we have a lot of ADOM um, office managers, you know, that, that follow us, Dana. And it's interesting because, yeah. you know, I talk about the the day wives of our dental lives and I love I love those day wives I mean if Ellen weren't in that practice I can tell you there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing and so I think that right. all of us appreciate so much that there's somebody there and it and we're not the the typical spouse who says it's got to be me you know if it's to be it's up to me I don't want that to be me I mean I want to be able right. to share in the joy because you know Ellen gets more joy out of doing a a meeting agenda and making sure that the meeting runs on time and those things than I ever do. I love the content part of it, but you know, it's, it's, it's really finding, you know, your different uh, strengths and weaknesses and working together with people who, you know, support your long-term goals and that you can help them grow. I think it's just kind of what. Yeah. And I, if I'm, if I'm coaching a, a, a young spouse, just starting out, I think it's really important to be in the role and in the practice and have an appreciation of what the dentist does all day yeah but at some point it's healthy to transition into more of a hands-off role where you know because you you can you can get too wrapped up and uh, too emotionally invested sometimes that's in right things a team member says or something a patient says so I'm enjoying the other side of this with a little more hands-off approach that's so true and as we as we move into this you know opportunity to mentor some of these younger spouses and we know they're male and female one of the things that one of the things I know and appreciate is I've got a really great um, friend that's a female dentist and her husband manages her business and you know it's really helped both of them because you know things that women would come say to her there's no way they'll go say them to him and it and it's yeah. interesting. She said, finally, there's a boundary. And she said, and he's and he's not his personality. He's super high CS. I mean, so his personality is not a, you know, driver. I'm going to lead this practice, and this is how we're going to do it. He's just very, um, very kind, very respectable. But there's just a boundary there, a very healthy boundary. And I think that it's made a big difference for her. So you know, I look forward to sharing some things about how we, you know, how we make our home lives better because we understand our day lives, you know, intimately and and those that don't, you know, will have will learn. So anyway, well, I appreciate you guys being here. Kathy, what would you share before we sign off? You know, I think that that's critically important to say that how much we appreciate those day wives because they do help us have more balance at home. It does give us a little more distance and we do get to have more balance at home. I find now that I don't bring work home the same way. So that appreciation, shout out to all those day wives out there that make it happen. No kidding, that's true. Dana, what would you add? Uh, along with what Kathy said, that it, it doesn't just relieve for us, but it relieves for the dentist as well. 
So, you know, it's multifaceted and having someone you can trust that takes care of those things that we don't have to bring home. And um, cheers to those recovering micromanagers because I'm married to one. So (laughs) (laughs) we're working on that. Isn't that the truth? You know what? We're all we're all a work in progress. I mean, I, I I really I look forward to some workshop style learning for for those that listen because you know it's one thing to say it, but to see each of us in our unique uh, relationship with our spouses is proof that it's a work in progress. And I think that's the thing that's been so different about doing this podcast. And the reason I got so excited about it is is you know being able to say some things not everybody else says it's not all roses I mean it's not (laughs) not bonbons by the pool but um you know at least we strive you know to have a better understanding you know and and to make the lives of our team better and to make our our own personal and business lives better so anyway we appreciate um those who've joined us today and we promise to honor your inbox and look forward to seeing you on the road see you soon bye bye Thanks for joining us for this episode of Spouse Tales. We ask you to consider our podcast sponsors when you need solutions. Thank you to Care Credit, helping get the care people want for themselves and their families. Cedar HR Solutions, the leading provider of custom-crafted dental employee handbooks, employee management software, and on-demand HR support for dentists and office managers. Dental Entrepreneur Woman Magazine. Do Life is the number one lifestyle magazine for all women in dentistry. It inspires, highlights, empowers, and connects women in our industry. Weave, bringing dental practices and those they serve closer together. Signing off live from Austin, Texas, this is Mel on Air. See you on the road. (laughs) 